Price is 6'4". Moore is 6'6". They're all to the right. Takes the lone receiver to the left. The Packers play it at the goal line. As Wilson scrambles to keep it alive. The game's final play is a Wilson lob to the end zone. Which is... Football by Tate with Jennings. Simultaneous. Who has it? Who are they giving to? Touchdown! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Touchception podcast, coming to you straight from pigskin.com. It is, of course, named the Touchception podcast because of the infamous Golden Tate touchdown uh, interception play where, where both the replacement refs had a different call on the play. Uh, my co-host and I will have a ton of different calls throughout the course of this ongoing podcast. I, Ricky Sanders, uh can be followed at rsanders85 on Twitter, as always. And uh, here is my co-host, the reigning fake pigskin employee of the month, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who always knows what he's talking about, eh? Uh, he's, of course, Pat Donnelly at Legend Donnelly. What's going on, Ricky? Hey, Pat, what's going on? <laughs> uh, not a lot, man. That, that intro is it gets me every time, and you, you <laughs> always get that Canadian jab in there every oh. time. Oh, it's beautiful. I tried to I tried to switch it up this time. Usually, I go with you're talking a boot. <laughs> I put the A in today, and uh, I'm still doing research for next week. So nice, nice. All right. So uh, for tonight, we got a couple of a uh, couple of different topics. So we're gonna look at some running backs, um, some maybe buy and sell, uh, and a little bit of injury news and some implications on that. And then, of course, our non-football debate uh, is going to be the great um, – actually, you know, we'll save it, we'll save it for the end. It's, it's too good to spoil right now. <laughs> so it's actually uh, – everyone in the fantasy community got into it, so I'm sure they'll know we're talking a boot. Um, but to, <laughs> to jump right into it, uh, t- first topic up for debate, um, Maurice Jones-Drew – what would you trade for him um, at this point in the season? I, I'm assuming we're going to look at, obviously, by low. The guy is, I mean, he's been a huge disappointment so far. Um, but just uh, what would you trade for him right now, Ricky, if you even would? Well, you and I have been discussing a lot on Twitter. Uh, there's a league I have where I'm absolutely – I got nothing at running back. I am a wasteland. I, it's desolate. It's right now with Michael Bush. I mean, uh, with Rashad Jennings or Ryan Matthews hurt. I'm going with Michael Bush or Kendall Hunter unless I make a deal. And actually the Maurice, the Maurice Jones Drew owner approached me and I was looking at my team. And even needing a running back, my receivers are Josh Gordon, Amendola, Calvin Johnson, Curley, and Marlon Brown. I decided I wouldn't give anyone better than Marlon Brown because I do not have faith in Maurice Jones-Drew from here on out. I kind of, from the start, was off of him because he was coming off a major foot injury last year. I mean, I kind of took the fact that they were a terrible team into consideration, but we didn't really, I guess we knew they were going to be bad. But I kind of thought when they were playing them behind, they'd still throw them the ball. Well, it's kind of gotten to the point that they get so far behind that they don't even, they just don't even, they just don't even care. I mean, they had a goal line stand late in the game this week 
with three chances. They didn't give him the ball once. They threw the, they, they'd rather throw the ball. I, I believe Blaine Gabbert was still in the game at the time. They'd rather throw the ball with Blaine Gabbert than hand the ball to MJD. So, I mean, he's 28 years old coming off a major foot injury. All the warning signs are there. You're On a saying. terrible team that seems to abandon the run. Exactly. So I don't, uh, I wouldn't give up too much for him. I, he might be a guy I would just be avoiding. What, what about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he's been a star in the past. He's played for a bad team in the past. Uh, all the signs actually, I thought at the beginning of the season, you know, he was sort of, he was pronounced healthy. He played in the preseason. He looked pretty decent. Um, the Jaguars went out. They, they drafted, uh, Luke Jokel, who actually just went down to an injury, but, uh, get to that in a minute. Um, they, you know, it looked like they had improved their offensive line. New coach, new owner, new everything. Um, he, he went, he was looking like a fourth round pick and then all of a sudden jumped into the second round because he was going to be healthy. But, uh, to, to the original question, uh, I, I frankly might not even bother trading for him. But, I mean, if I'm super desperate, I might throw an offer out there like for, uh, a low wide receiver three probably or maybe uh a tight end yeah but is that is that getting it done i i just think that the owner's not going to trade him for that and you're not going to trade anymore so yeah you know, sort move of a, along you're it's right a, it's a standstill for sure i, I mean they don't want to they don't want to sell him for too low in the event that he somehow does go off but like you said he's not even he's not even involved in the pass game he's got six catches this year He's averaging 16 touches a game, and frankly, the rest of his schedule doesn't look even very good. He's got Denver this week. They're 20-point underdogs, which is historic. Um, and, you know, I, I that game's going to be over in the first half. I actually wrote that in my AFC South column this week. I, that game's going to be over in the first half. I don't even think they're, you know, MJD might not even get 10, 10 touches in the game. Um, then San Diego, which is a pretty bad defense, San Fran by um, the Titans, and then Arizona, who are two good rush defenses as well. So his schedule going forward isn't very good. He's on a bad team. You know, he's averaging under three yards a carry. I, I'm not giving very much for him at all. Yeah, just as a side note, they also uh, have been talks about trading him. And so it may be wise just to add Jordan Todman just in case. Uh, he hasn't exactly looked great, but he does have as many touchdowns as Maurice Jones-Drew does this year. So just, just in case, I mean, he's going to cost you nothing. He's a backup on the Jaguars. He got a roster spot. Just think, I mean, the trade deadline goes till week eight this year. Yeah. Here. Um, so, you know, it could happen at any time. Yeah. I, and why wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, that being said, actually, I, I might throw an offer out just in the event that he does get traded. I mean, it's probably a long shot, but, um, you know, it, it, things can happen. Trent Richardson got traded. MJD could get traded. Yeah, that's, uh, his, but, that's his upside, though, is, is leaving. Yeah, it's getting traded. Uh, moving on, though, um, we're going to talk about, a little bit about the Rams' backfield. Um, and, and I'll start this one because you started the last one, I guess. We didn't really decide on what we were going to talk about, but I guess I'll start. And I'll, I'm going to go with um, basically who I think 
going forward who I'd have and if it's even worth if the guy's worth starting. And I think just looking at last week when they pronounced Stacy was the starter, you know, he had a pretty good week. He had a 5.6 yards per carry. He was on the field for 41 snaps, which led the running backs. Um, Daryl Richardson didn't look very good. Pede only played two carries. He's been pretty uninvolved overall. Um, he had two games there where he was actually involved a fair amount, but, you know, Stacy played a little bit in the first game, and then the next three games wasn't really anything. And then last week he, he played pretty well, actually. So uh, going forward, I think Stacy's the guy there. Um, he's, he's actually the biggest. He weighs the most out of the three. Uh, he's a rookie. He's still young, although so are the other two. But uh, I, I just think Richardson has looked so terrible this year. Um, Pede has... I don't know what he's done this year, but he's had all the chances and just completely screwed it up. He's like the Kenny Britt of running backs. <laughs> um, I guess just for off-field stuff. But, yeah, going back, Stacy, um, I like him, but he might be a guy that I might throw out an offer for MJD, going back to the last one, just because he does have that starting job. The MJD owner might be might be a little frustrated. uh but it, even if he is the starter, Richardson was still on the on the field for 23 snaps last week, so it, it might still be a committee, uh, which which I don't like for fantasy purposes. But I mean, it, it, in your situation, I mean, Stacy's probably owned, but you know, he might be a buy low guy that could have a little bit of upside. I think. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Rams' backfield? Well, I'm kind of shocked um, to see this turn into. A committee situation. I wrote about preseason how Jeff Fisher had a history of pretty much having a lead back at all times. I mean, he yeah. was he was there with with Chris Johnson and Lendale White when Lendale was stealing touchdowns, but he wasn't exactly you know taking twelve carries a game. He would just have the carry that gave you the most fantasy points. But obviously, Daryl Richardson is falling out of favor. I mean, I, I thought that he looked good this week, and then you looked at his numbers, and he was under four yards rushing yet again. Zach Stacy to me, is the guy to own there. There's no question. And if, I mean, Stacy is talented. A lot, a lot of people had him as one of the top three running backs in this, in this draft class, you know, before the season. So I think if he continues to show that he can get it done, he kind of reminds me of Alfred Morris, where he's not much of a pass catcher, but He's kind of a beast on the inside. Yeah, he's I, a big, he's a big bruising back, just like yeah. Sorry, right. So, so I think Fisher wants to commit to the one guy. I think that if anyone will take Daryl Richardson, I'll give him away at this point. And I was as high on him as anyone. But it just—he's better as a complimentary back, which may be where he stays. Yeah. But I think in terms of lead back at this point, if Stacy doesn't get it done, I think I think they're going to try and go to Pete. I I just think they're the Daryl Richardson experiment's over, and you know their offense just it, it needs a run game for Sam Bradford to go. It's just, it's just been pathetic. So until they get a run game going, they can't keep doing what they've been doing. So I think Stacy's the one who emerges. But am I gonna you know am I gonna wager a lot on that? No, because I mean there's Benny Cunningham in the picture, there's Pete, there's just a whole lot going on there. I, I don't have a lot of faith in anyone, but if you're hurting at running back, I would give Stacy a go and hope he runs with it because Fisher 
has a history of just of just letting a guy go if he's producing. Yeah, and, and that that yeah, I agree with that. And I didn't even Cunningham played a little bit. Um, he did have some snaps and that, but I think Stacy is a little bit uh, similar to what Steven Jackson was in St. Louis, a big bruising back that can carry the load. Um, and I think that's why they drafted him. Uh, you know, just he, Richardson has had the chance. He had a little bit of a chance last year, and this year even he's he's had the opportunity, and he hasn't done anything. And it, so, Stacy, it's crazy how much we're agreeing tonight, but I'm, <laughs> that'll change very quickly. Don't worry. <laughs> I hope it. I hope it does on the next one. I we we might, but if you have my uh, if you have my guy, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be sad. <laughs> but um, moving on to um, running backs, I guess from running backs to running backs anyway. But uh, the number one running back for the rest of the season, we did this res- with receivers, um, and <laughs> we've we've both sort of missed. You had Des Bryant, but uh, who's looked great, and you had Julio Jones, who looks like he's out for the season. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I, I missed on Marshall and Fitzgerald. Anyway, moving on. Um, you can start this one. Who's who do you think is your is your number one running back the rest of the season? My number one back the rest of the season, assuming he stays healthy, is LaShawn McCoy. Um oh, wow. I I think that Adrian Peterson is the most talented running back there is and will put up monster numbers, but their quarterback situation's getting ugly. I mean the Josh Freeman experiments are going to start and we and we've all seen we've all seen that one before oh, along yeah. and if that doesn't start for a while we're dealing with Matt Castle who who had a good week last week but do we really expect that to you know we saw his days in Kansas City there will be there will be days where the ball will not be moving very much and uh and Jamal Charles has looked incredible so far and Andy Reed is finding ways to use him despite an offense that never seems to throw the ball more than seven yards. But I think <laughs> this Nick Foles news may actually help LaShawn McCoy because the thing with the throwing quarterbacks is when they step back in the pocket, a lot of them, unless it's a called, which which Philly does occasionally, unless it's a called screen to the running back, they look downfield. They don't look to check down to the running back. Nick Foles is nowhere near as athletic as Michael Vick. So McCoy, who so far has one reception, five receptions, zero reception, one reception, six reception, he's been very inconsistent. I think the six receptions that he had last week, last week are going to continue because of Nick Foles. And I mean, he's their goal line back. They're, they're giving him a healthy amount of carries. They're in an off, you know, they have a terrible defense, so they'll be playing from behind. Which bodes well for receptions for a running back. I just, I just see him being the most consistent. I see him being explosive, so we can break a run at any time to the end zone, like Jamal Charles or Peterson. But I think the change in quarterback is going to help to the point that uh, he's going to be the number one. You know, Mick Vick may come back later in the year, but uh, it hasn't exactly killed him. He's number two right now among all running backs. So I have faith in Lashawn McCoy, assuming he can stay healthy. What about you? Yeah, and uh, I. Those are all very good points, and I do really like McCoy. I'm, 
I'm a little bit surprised. I thought you were going to go with AP. I thought I was going to be off the board here. <laughs> but uh, McCoy's a good choice, and I definitely agree with that. Uh, the only knock against him, I guess, would Bryce Brown gets gets a good a good good work. But you know what? Uh, Nick Foles, did you see that throw to Brent Selleck last week? Yep. Good Lord. He actually <laughs> looked competent. Like, geez, there's a bunch of teams that should have traded for Nick Foles. But... Maybe he, he was the fit. <laughs> well, Kevin Cobb didn't do them any favors as the backup in uh, showing how he looked when he got traded. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, McCoy, he's leading the league in rushing right now. Um, he's getting a ton of work, and he's in a perfect offense. That's going to be in a lot of shootout games. So, yeah, he, he's definitely up there. Um, and you're, to your point about his inconsistency, um, in the past game at least, uh, I, th- I think that could be a knock against him too. That could hurt him a little bit just compared to some of the other backs like Charles and uh, Peterson gets a little bit involved and in the, in the other guys. Um, but... I, if you, uh, read over my, um, mine and Matt Lane's running back consistency article in the offseason, um, yeah, shameless plug, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I actually wrote about how consistent. <laughs> We're all about self-promotion here. Oh yeah. I was, um, I wrote about how McCoy was, he was actually very consistent at PPR last year. Um, so, I, you know, I expect that to continue. I think he's going to be at least in the top three, if not better. But on to my running back. Um, you mentioned him a couple times. I think Jamal Charles is going to be the number one guy going forward. He's just been unbelievable so far this year. Um, and he was, going back to my article, he was the epitome of inconsistency. You know, he'd have a game of 10 points and then a game of 35 points and then a game of three points. So he just frustrated owners last year, but so far this year, um, in my, I have him in my, uh, one of my leagues here in Canada and, um, he, he's put up, you know, at least 17 points a game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And it's a half point PPR. So I think he's had like 17, 20, 26, 20, <laughs> He's just been unbelievable all year for me. So, um, just looking at a little, a couple of stats. He, he's, uh, at 40 targets in five games. First among running backs. 28 receptions, which is tied for second. Um, second to, I believe it's Sproles. Um, and he's second in receiving yards to Sproles. Uh, not to mention he's leading the league in total yards. Um, and he's also played the most snaps out of any running back in the league so far. So I was, I was watching a Kansas city game with my brother and he's, uh, he's in that same league with me. He goes, man, Jamal Charles just does not leave the field. He just, he's always on the field every single down, unless he's, you know, he's got a stinger or something like that, or he's just out of, out of gas. The guy does not leave the field. So I think, uh, Adrian Peterson and McCoy, I think, are definitely up there um, to challenge for number one, if not be number one. Um, but I think Charles, just because of his receiving threat, and like you said, they don't really throw the ball downfield too much, so he's going to get a lot of work in the pass game. He's still going to get a lot of carries, and he's 
He's got three rushing TDs so far and two receiving TDs. So, I mean, I don't expect him to get a touchdown a game, but I, I expect him to finish with probably almost close to that 12 to 14 maybe uh, in a combination. So what do you think about that? Uh, I think that's fair. I mean, Jamal Charles has been the most consistent running back so far. So I, I have a hard time arguing with <laughs> that. You know, the conservative offense hasn't really hurt him. And there was actually just a stat tweeted out as we were speaking that Jamal Charles has eight touches inside the five-yard line and five touchdowns. McGahee is tied with him for touches and has one. So he's he's done a pretty good job converting from, from close. So, I mean, I think it's a three... It's it's three headed. It's Charles McCoy or Peterson. I mean, Forte's number four, Lynch is number five, but I don't really see either of them jumping the top three. Do you? No, I mean Lynch. He's he's been up and down as well. I mean, he had a slow game and then that three t- touchdown game and then a slow game and then um, you know an average game. You know, he's he's just all over the map. Uh, he's gonna get his. He's gonna get carries. He's going to get his touchdowns, but I just think um, compared to McCoy and, uh, and Charles, he doesn't get enough work, work in the pass game. Um, you know, he'll get a catch or two here and there and stuff, but um, I think that hurts him. And uh, Forte is going to have, you know, he's going to have a Forte year. He's going to have a ton of catches. He's going to have a ton of yards, and then he's going to have five, five to seven touchdowns like he yeah. always does. Um, I, I yes. think the sleeper guy that could crack, I mean, even, maybe even push for number one from week six on, assuming he stays healthy, which is, you know, a giant assumption is Reggie Bush in PPR. Because he can, he can go for a hundred yards receiving on any day. Oh yeah. But, you know, that, that's a big, big if. So, but I mean, he's talented and, and I think he's kind of, if we were drafting today, cracked the first round. In, in PPR leagues. Oh, in, in PPR, I think Bush could easily crack the top five just because he's, you know, especially with Megatron's health, kind of don't know what's going on with that. He's going to be, you know, Stafford's going to be checking down a lot, and we've seen that a lot this year. Um, but, you know, he's going to get a lot of catches. He's had a ton of receiving yards so far, he's, and he's getting a lot of the carries as well. So, yeah, assuming health, especially in PPR, even in standard, I think he's going to finish in the top 10 overall. But I wouldn't be surprised seeing him in, inside the top five in standard as well. Yep. All right. So, moving pretty quickly tonight. All right. Um, we're going to go into uh, sort of a buy-sell. So we'll look at two guys each to buy and two guys that we're kind of selling. So maybe buy in general, or I know you got you have two guys that you're going to buy low. Um, I have I have two guys that are one sort of buy low and one sort of just a general buy. So you want to start this? Well, the news today kind of shattered where I was going to go with this. Uh, I had two guys set for buy low that that I just thought. We're, we're about to go off given their current situations and one of their current situations absolutely changed. Uh, that guy, of course, is Roddy White. Julio, yeah. Julio Jones, you know, has been stealing the show and, and Roddy White's been playing th- through injury and we, we were talking about this yesterday. 
So as of yesterday, Roddy White dropped two passes in the, the end zone that were that were going to be touchdowns that were off his fingertips. Actually, one of them might have been inside about the two that would have been a touchdown. But either way, I was just like, you know, he catches this. He has a monster fantasy day. And if you're not watching this game, you're not going to see that. So I was gonna, all ready to put out a buy low offer on him. Then boom, Julio Jones out for the year today. And they say Roddy White is 50-50 to play in the week back because he re-aggravated his ankle sprain. Now he's got a hamstring. And so I think I'm, I'm throwing that one out the window. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think Roddy White's situation is better off with Julio Jones taking away all the attention. I think if Roddy White has to face all the number one quarterbacks in the world, he's not going to be as effective. Uh, I So I think his prospects have dropped. He went from a buy low to a stay low for me. But my number one buy low player has got to be Marcus Colston. And I know you're a Saints fan, so you're probably going to... You're probably going to agree with this. It was kind of like Darren Sproles a few weeks ago where you're just looking at the Saints offense and you're just like, all right, Sproles hasn't gone off in a few weeks. It's about time, don't you think? This is the way it's been for years. Well, Colston has has been pretty consistent in terms of reception and yards. I mean, last week he was held for two for 15. So owners are going to see that and go, hey, he put up a dud. Well, the week before that, seven for 96. And Jimmy Graham has been unbelievable. But at some point, you know, other guys in the passing game are going to see targets in the in the red zone. Uh, I mean, teams will figure out that you can, that doubling Jimmy Graham, you know, maybe to your benefit, considering the guy catches everything. So I think that Colston's going to eventually get back to his normal role, catches six, seven balls a game, and he will score touchdowns this year. This is not just the year that that Breeze decides he's he's targeting only Jimmy Graham inside the red zone. So he is definitely on the buy low list for me. Um, if I had to go with another buy low type player, oh man, um, how's this? How's this one for deep? <laughs> uh, if we're talking deep leagues, what about? Huh, that's not even really a buy low, but just we'll, we'll go with this. I can't stand. Um, the drops from last week, but Mike Wallace. Oh, man. Mike Wallace went off for 105 yards, but yet he's still been, he's still been inconsistent. And I mean, he was dropping balls left and right this week, but they, but they have a bye this week. So I think they're going to figure things out. And I think they're going to look at tape and say, this offense works much better if we're using Mike Wallace as a deep threat. The way, you know, we signed him, whatever. I think he could be a wide receiver too for the rest of the season because Tannehill's got the big arm and he's got the quickness. So he's not in the top 20 right now of receivers, but I think that's a guy who, as he gains more chemistry with a young quarterback, could crack the top. I didn't like where he was being drafted. I thought that was too high because I thought it would take some time. Well, guess what? Now time's passed. So I think the chemistry's developing, and I think he's a guy I'd be looking to target if I can get him low. What about you? Oh man, I'll, I'll get I'll I'll get to Wallace in our in our cell section. <laughs> man, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, no, I I think Colston uh, he's involved. I don't know what happened last week. Um, I I just think Graham Graham was just crushing. So Breeze kept throwing to him, kept throwing to him, and and Pierre Thomas had a good game too. So uh, the the Saints. I was reading an article on ESPN actually today, and the Saints offense last week they. 
you know, they weren't going for the big plays. They were controlling the clock. They were moving the ball efficiently um, in little chunks as opposed to big chunks of yardage. So, yeah, I think Colson is a guy, definitely, he's he's going to get his. He's going to get his 1,000 yards. He's going to get his eight touchdowns. It happens every year. Um, so I, I think going forward, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and White actually... I didn't see the 50-50 thing of him playing, but uh, he's got a bye week now. He's got he's gonna have two weeks to recover. I think he might be all right. Um, but yeah, if Julio Julio hasn't been fully ruled out, I don't think. I thought I saw that they're looking to get a second opinion, but they're pretty pessimistic about it. Yeah, it, it, they're looking for a second opinion, but he supposedly broke the screw that was put in his foot in his 2011 surgery, so that's not good. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. If he's, if he's up against number one, um, cornerbacks, that might be an issue for him. But I actually was gonna agree with you on the, on the buy low just because of the situation. You know, he's gonna be the guy. Um, but got, Atlanta just looks terrible. So anyway, uh, moving on to, to mine. I have one of your favorites, um, a guy you've loved all season, and he's kind of disappointed you. But I think right now, as he as he came back last week, it's the perfect time to potentially buy low on him if you can. Danny Amendola, um, you know he he was out for three weeks. He had a pretty good week one. Didn't find the end zone, but he still had ten catches uh, last week. If I'm not mistaken, I think he had seven receptions. Something like that. I think that's high. I think it was four, it was four for fifty five. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. He had, he had seven points. Never mind. <laughs> but he he played only about sixty percent of the snaps, which I think they're saying he had sort of maybe a snap count or something like that. They were kind of controlling him a little bit. Uh, just the field was kind of messy and stuff. But well, to your point, I actually want to point this out. Did you see the catch where he was thrown to in the five-yard line, caught it, rolled over, <laughs> and had the end zone had he rolled faster, got up and got tackled about the half-yard line? Yeah, yeah, that was brutal. Oh, so, I was yeah. screaming at the TV for that one. <laughs> yeah, he would have had a much better game uh, if he had gotten <laughs> in the end zone there. So I think, especially with the return of Gronk, I, I don't think that's going to affect Amadou. I think it's going to help him because I think defenses are going to look at Gronk um, as he returns. Um, so that might open up the field a little bit for Amendola. Uh, you know, especially in the PPR league, he's going to get a ton of catches. He's going to get yards, and he'll find the end zone eventually with Brady. Um, I think last week was a down week against a good defense and a sloppy field, um, which was awesome for um, Drew Brees fans like myself because Brady broke his touchdown streak, so... Um, that was that was fun. <laughs> I actually tweeted before the game it, something like, it would be great if Tom Brady just didn't throw a touchdown today, and then sure enough, doesn't throw a touchdown. So that was great. Um, another guy, moving on from Amendola, I, you know, I, I, I think this guy you probably can't get for low anymore, but if you drafted him or three weeks ago at uh, bottom or something, Alshon Jeffrey of your Bears. Yeah, he just he just ate up the Saints last week. Um, he man, he 
last year I drafted him, and he just was crap and was injured and that, and he just he just looks great this year. He's, he's young, he's fast, he's big, you know, he's opposite Marshall. It's it's perfect because the Saints obviously took care of Marshall last week. Um, they focused all the attention on him, which is I think is going to happen going forward. Um, so I think Alshon Jeffrey, even if they start kind of putting a little more uh, coverage on him, um, and that'll open up Marshall, and then they'll be like, oh yeah, Marshall's there. We can't, you know, we can't we can't forget about him. And then Alshon Jeffrey might be open again for some for some plays. He's had back to back good weeks. Um, just he's been uh, he's been involved in the offense. Every week he's played most of the snaps every week, so it's not like just the past two weeks he's been getting involved. Um, but he's had 24 targets the past two weeks, which I like. Um, that's something to note. Brandon Marshall was good for the first three games, and Alshon Jeffrey was not. And then the past two games, Alshon Jeffrey has been really good, and Brandon Marshall has not been good in terms of fantasy. Um and I think that's defense is focusing on Marshall a little bit more. Um, like we discussed about Des Bryant after the first week, right? Um, he, he was sort of double covered all game by, by the Giants. And then the Saints sort of did that with, with Marshall last week. They had two guys on him and, and they sort of took him out of the game, which then Alshon Jeffrey just decided, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna make a few big plays and, and put up a monster game. So I think uh, that going forward, you know, the Bears are still going to be throwing a lot. There's there's targets to go around with with Marshall, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, and, and Forte, because those are the four really main guys in the offense, I would say. So you, you might have to pay a little bit for them uh, after the last couple of weeks, but, I mean, if you can get them for – semi-cheap, or if you can unload a guy who's underperforming a little bit but has a big name, and I, I, I'm buying all day on him. What do, you, what do you think about those guys? Yeah, of course, I like Amendola. As much as I want to argue with you on this one, you you, you went with <laughs> the guy I was I was praising all offseason and a guy on my bear. Perfect. For me to argue, the only thing I will argue is that Alshon Jeffrey has more points than Brandon Marshall at this point, so maybe Brandon Marshall's the buy low. <laughs> you know, I mean, he hasn't eclipsed 80 yards in, in any of the past three weeks. And they get the Giants this week, Washington next week. You're about to get two big weeks from Brandon Marshall. Yeah, most definitely. I I, <laughs> I think both guys could have Oh, they're so qu- I'm actually I looking mean, at ESPN right now, and both are predicted for 20 points. <laughs> they, yeah, that... <laughs> That doesn't surprise me one bit. The Giants' defense is terrible, and so is Washington. It's, it's, oh, <laughs> I mean, people are saying the Saints' defense was bad last year, and it was historically bad. But like those two defenses could could be worse. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. They're two brutal. of the worst. All right. Um, two guys. Two guys. You are selling. You got two guys that you Well, selling? I don't want to be overly obvious, but I think in the sell category, if you have Julian Edelman, even in a PPR league, I think it's time. I think 
I think oh, yeah. with Amendola and Gronk, I, I same with Kenbrell Tompkins, although I think he's kind of be, going to be hit or miss. He's going to be like, uh, yeah. like a poor, poor man's Eric Decker, you know, where, where he's the bigger, t- bigger <laughs> target in the offense with, that's a dominant offense once everyone's back. But there will be weeks where he'll be non-existent. So if you can get, you know, you, you look where Edelman is in PPR points and you look around him, you go Randall Cobb, Anquan Bolden, Jordy Nelson, Antonio Brown, you know, Pierre Garcon, any of those guys around him, if you could, if you could package him with something of small value and get one of them, oh, there's no question I'm doing that. Oh yeah, all day. <laughs> Edelman, uh, I mean, his, Edelman's value is, is falling very quickly, so. Unload him as you can, I guess. And, and how about this for, for a sell high guy? Andre Johnson. Um, really? that, that to me looks like a situation where if Sean makes one more mistake, they're going to TJ Yates. And I don't really want to be a part of the TJ Yates experiment. <laughs> I mean, uh, the thing with, with, with different quarterbacks is they can kind of find their guy. And, and DeAndre Hopkins is talented. I'm not saying they're going to go away from Andre Johnson, but, Arian Foster is going to be the focus of the offense with a new quarterback, like it always is with the Texans. Uh, Owen Daniels isn't uh, is out, so he won't be taking as much attention away. Uh, Andre Johnson's injury prone. There's just, there's just a lot of negative with that situation. Andre has he even found the end zone yet. I don't think he has. He's he has zero touchdowns so far. You know, even though he he was among the league leaders, is he still a league leader in receptions after this week? Or was I think Julio Jones is? Yeah, Julio um, Jones leads the league in receptions after last week. But uh, but I just I if Matt Schaub continues to be the quarterback, I'll stick with Andre. But I'm really worried they're shifting elsewhere. And if that's the case, it, it's the same thing with Mike Glennon and all these rookie quarterbacks. I just I'd rather have the fourth option on Denver than the first option with these guys. Yeah, I, I it's hard to I I can't even disagree with that. It's I mean if Schaub is still the guy, I still think I, I'm I'm holding him. Um, but if Yates gets in there, it, it's a whole different ball game. I mean Foster's gonna be Foster's gonna get all the work. It's gonna be tough throwing to him. But Yates has been there for a couple years, um, and Johnson, they might try and move him around, get him the ball, because he is, you know, he, he's he been their guy for forever. I mean, um, he's he's Andre Johnson. He he can move the ball. He's a, he's a big physical receiver. He's getting a little bit older, yes, but um, he, I feel like he might be a sort of a safety blanket with a, with a young quarterback like that but uh it does worry me a little bit because i yeah i think you're right Schaub is is you know one or two pick sixes away from turning into like freeman or something (laughs) getting benched and traded and or whatever but um yeah i mean if you can get if you can trade andre johnson for something uh i mean he's still having a pretty good year 37 catches and 40 400 yards uh, it's it's pretty solid, uh, but if you can if you can get rid of him, right? He's 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 got the name him. value, so I mean someone will yeah. take him. I mean, would, I would take Randall Cobb in a heartbeat for him. Someone like that. 
Oh yeah, if you can. I'm looking around. You, uh, would you would you do Larry Fitzgerald for him? I I think I would. I think I would too. Um, so those those guys are similar in fantasy. How about this? Would you trade Andre Johnson for Josh Gordon? Uh, yeah, I think because we didn't actually look semi competent in the in the second or when he took over, he he wasn't terrible, and he still uh, hit Gordon for a touchdown. I believe, yeah, because. Hoyer was out really early in that game, um, and and Gordon is a big, young, fast receiver. There, that team's gonna be throwing a lot, um, and I I just think Houston's gonna be running the ball a lot, and Schaub just looks awful. So, yeah, I, I'd probably take Gordon. I'd probably do John Andre for Gordon. Yeah, I I think I would too. I don't I don't think Whedon looked great, but he was thrown into a game without a week of practice. So we'll see how he looks this week. And he's already developed the rapport with Gordon. So I, I would do that one for one. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Andre, uh, he's been a guy that's been he's been an interesting one this year. Um, actually, <laughs> going back to the zero touchdown club, one of my sell high or not even sell high. I'm just selling. Uh, Hakeem Nix, he's, uh, he, he's injury prone. He's on a, a an offense that looks absolutely brutal. Uh, Eli Manning is not playing good football. That offensive line is just terrible. I, I, it's, actually, I was, I thought I looked it up. The offensive line, I think, is, oh no, I did. Um, the fourth worst pass blocking offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus. That surprises me. I think they'd be near, they'd be closer to last, if not last. Eli's gotten sacked a ton. Yeah, he's been beaten around and thrown around, and I kind of, I'm not a huge Eli Manning fan, but he's a he's a solid quarterback. He's won, he's I mean, the guy's won two Super Bowls, so, um, you know, it, Hakeem Nix, he's I feel like he's going to get injured, and he, he hasn't found the end zone yet, I just, which is surprising to me. Um, you know, if you can sell his name for something solid, like some of the names we mentioned before, maybe even an Eric Decker, Torrey Smith, someone like that, taking that all day because um, I, I Nix is going to get injured. At some point, it's going to happen, and Eli Manning can't throw the ball to him when he's getting tossed around like a rag doll by the, by the defensive lines that he's going to face. Um, and my second guy is the guy that you actually said you would buy, um, Mike Wallace. Uh, I think this is just a personal preference for me, but he's, like you, you mentioned, he's, he's really inconsistent. He's too up and down. He's had three games under four catches, and the other two games he's had over 100 yards and, like, seven-plus catches. So, um I, I just don't want to be throwing at a dartboard guessing which week is going to be his week, right? Um, not to mention Tannehill. Uh, he's looked decent so far, but he, again, the offensive line there in Miami is not good. They gave up 18 sacks through four weeks. I don't know how many they gave up last week. Um, but they're at, tw- they're at 24. 24. I'm at 24 and five yeah, games. Yeah, but he, Holy. I'm looking at it right now. This this speaks to how bad Eli's been. 
Eli is tied for fourth most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Of the top 14 quarterbacks in sacks, he's the lowest rated quarterback. Below Joe Flacco, below Brandon Whedon, um, and once you get to 15, that's when you get to Blaine Gabbard, who's got a 36 <laughs> rating. That's actually worse, that's worse than Eli, but of the top 14, Eli has, is the lowest. Oh. So, but, but, like you say with Tannehill, 24 sacks, second is Geno Smith at 18, so that offensive line is yeah, horrendous. Yeah, he's just, he's not gonna have time to throw it downfield, uh, they're gonna have to use Wallace in different ways. I think they have to get him the ball. They're paying him a ton of money, and he is a, a an electric receiver. He's, He's an equivalent of a whole, like, he's the receiver equivalent of David Wilson. I think he's, um, you know, he's a home run hitter. He's, he's gonna bust off an 80 yard touchdown or he's gonna have two catches for 20 yards or something like, you know what I mean? He's just, for me personally, um, I don't know what you can get for him, but if someone's a, a Dolphins fan or a Steelers fan that just loves Mike Wallace, Maybe capitalize on that, but um, if I have him, luckily I didn't draft him. But uh, he's a guy I'm definitely getting rid of because he's he's just too inconsistent for me. And then Tannehill is getting thrown around as well. So any uh, any thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, that's fair. I think you can get Wallace right now. It's about a wide receiver three. So I mean, he's a good guy to acquire if your top two are in a PPR like. Uh, you know, AJ Green, Amendola, AJ Green, Welker, just guys who are consistent. So that if he busted off, you're, 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 you're looking good. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's some surprise receivers. I'm just looking at the list right now, but I mean, if I could, if I could get Colson for him, I would do that in a heartbeat. No, no <laughs> question. That's, yeah, I no take, question. I might actually take Knicks for him if I could get Knicks. Ooh, I, I would take Wallace really? over Knicks. Yeah. That's interesting. I would sell both of them. I don't like either of them. Knicks has been a little bit better, but I Wallace has that big playability and Knicks is gonna get injured, so maybe maybe not, but the thing Knicks has working for him is the terrible defense, so they'll be throwing all day yeah, every day. Exactly. Miami's got a little bit of a better defense there. Um no, that's about it. There's like, there's guys that are down here. Like Vincent Jackson's been pretty terrible. Uh, Mike Williams is below him. I like both of those guys better than Mike Wallace. I think, actually, I most definitely like both of them better. Steve Smith of Carolina, I like better. But then it's it's about it. I mean, he's he's a low wide receiver three, I think. But uh, moving on, uh, a guy that you you like and. Uh, after the injury to Owen Daniels, uh, there's room for uh, some discussion here on Garrett Graham. So I guess you can start this one off and, and tell me what you think about Garrett Graham going forward. Yeah, I am – I mean, you can't go all in because he's not going to be the tight end for the rest of the season. But Garrett Graham is definitely worth your waiver consideration in, in – 12 to 14 team leagues if you're struggling and you wait on tight ends like I do. I mean, if you waited on Julius Thomas or Cameron, obviously you're doing fine, but, but for the most part, everyone's dealing with, with inconsistent tight ends. And despite the fact that he's been playing with Owen Daniels, he is, I mean, he's been targeted in the red zone. He has 
10 total targets in the red zone and 22.7% of his team's red zone targets. Just to show you, he's tied with, he's actually tied with Owen Daniels for targets in the red zone. Um, He's slightly below Greg Olson and Kyle Rudolph and Charles Clay. They're the ones just slightly above him, despite the fact that it's been a two tight end system with Owen Daniels clearly getting a higher percentage of the overall targets. He's got 24 receptions. I mean, Graham only has 15. Now you go to a one tight end system. I, I mean, if Shaw, it's kind of, it's kind of working the other way. Cause I mean, with Graham, with the, with a new quarterback, they may look to check down to the tight end. So it, it may even help Garrett Graham switching quarterback as opposed to Andre who, who you need the big arm and the guy with chemistry with him. I mean, the newer quarterbacks, like we look at Nick Foles who comes in and then throws to Brent Selleck. The tight ends are kind of the security blankets for them. So, I mean, he's been, he's averaged, uh, 6.7 yards of target with Schaub, which is, you know, for tight end, it's fine. He's been targeted a lot in the red zone. He's, he's got three touchdowns. I, I just think that with Owen Daniels out, I don't see another second tight end emerging, meaning that, that all the production, or almost all the production, should go to Graham, and that's a good system to be a tight end in. I mean, what do you think about it? Yeah, all, all good points, and, and <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I agree with a, a lot of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was sort of looking it up, and when he mentioned him, I was like, Garrett Graham, he's, he's the second tight end, what do I care? Like, you know, yeah, when Daniels would be out for, I don't, I haven't seen, but Probably. It's four to, there's different reports. Four weeks or so. I've seen. One says four to six, one says four to eight. So we know he's going to be out for four weeks, basically. Okay. That's about yeah, all we know. I mean, if, if you're hurting for a tight end, yeah, like you said, this guy for sure. He's, uh, he's actually the, <laughs> the 13th ranked tight end in, in standard and PPR so far, so. Yeah, actually, I was looking at that earlier. I think Daniels was what ten or eleven, and he was thirteen. Yeah. So he was he was just behind him, despite the fact that that Daniels was supposedly the guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just looked up a couple snap counts. Um, Garrett Graham's played two hundred and fifty. Owen Daniels played like three hundred and sixty-two. So they've it looks like they've been running a lot of two tight end sets. Um, so he he's had a lot of opportunity, which is nice. So he's he's been in that offense. It's not like he's coming out cold, um, which is a good sign. Uh, you know, he's he's 20th among tight ends and snaps uh, so far, and he's pretty much like the, the backup essentially, which is crazy. Um, the only thing that that bothers me is is the, the situation, the quarterback situation, Shaw. Like we said, he's a pick six away from being Freeman. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Schaub is, is fairly competent. I think he's going to turn around a little bit. And, I mean, if he gets – if Graham's going to get all the snaps now, I think that's a good sign. He, You know, if you're in a deep league, he's, you're starting him, I think. He's like, like we said, he's a 13th receiver – or sorry, 13th tight end so far this year. And yeah, I, mean, I I like him going forward. He's he's already he's three t- three touchdowns in the four games that he's played. So uh, not much to debate, I guess. So we're great. We, we debated a little bit on. Uh, well, here's here's my debate. Here's my debate. All right. Um, my debate is Selleck 
or Gr- Garrett Graham because there's a league where Selleck's my backup tight end. I've been going back and forth whether or not I want to drop Selleck for him. Um, what do you what do you think? I think I might go Garrett Graham just because yeah. I think Philly runs a lot. Um, they control the clock. Selleck's going to get his, but uh, I still think Deshaun Jackson is the guy. They'll, I think they'll start using uh, McCoy a little bit more in the pass game as well, especially if Vic's out. But at the same time, Nick Foles maybe checked down, and maybe he might look for Selleck. I feel like for a young QB, their tight end is sort of a safety blanket. Um but, you know, I I might roll with Garrett Graham for the time being because the two of them combined, Daniels and Graham, have <laughs> they've been pretty solid so far. I think they have six touchdowns combined and almost 400 yards. So um, if Graham's going to get most of, or all of, all of those extra snaps and, and that work, I, I like him a lot more. Whereas Selleck's been, you know, He's been okay, but it's he's had a you know he's averaging two receptions a game, so I don't really know what to think of him. He's uh, what do you think? What what are your thoughts? I know you like Graham. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I I was going back and forth. I go well, Foles is the one who threw him the touchdown, but I think you got to take the shot on Graham over him, despite the fact that you know. It's tough because who knows how long Foles is going to start. Foles makes Selleck better. So as long as Foles starting, you know, Selleck is going to be better. The fact that Owen Daniels out makes Garrett Graham better. So as long as he's out, I mean, which one's going to end first, you don't know. But the fact that Garrett Graham was already producing with him, I think you'd have to go Graham. As much as, as much as it pains me because I want to keep them both, but there's just no way with my roster. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I'd go Graham and Tight end is such an up and down position this year. It's crazy. If you don't have, if you don't have uh, Jimmy Graham or Julius or Jordan Cameron, I mean, or Tony Gonzalez, I think you can. Yeah, the past couple games, Tony Gonzalez has been awesome, Um, and Charles Clay as well has has come on pretty well. But it's just it shows you that at tight end, if you don't have a couple of the top guys, I mean, there's there's guys that can fill in for you, and you're just fine. to, but moving on, uh, that, that's it for football, I guess, for tonight. But uh, we'll move on to, I guess, maybe a, <laughs> a debate or maybe just some uh, some humor reading off some of our favorites here. So we're going to debate the best hashtag we've seen late, uh, recently on Facebook, but we both had the same one, and it's uh, add a word, ruin a movie, which... Uh, I was re- all over Twitter. Everyone in the fantasy community was getting in it. Regan was all over it. Um, some of the other guys like Davis Maddock and and JJ Zacharyson, those guys. Uh, it, they, everyone was in it. It was awesome. It was all over Twitter. Um, and we were watching football on Sunday. Me and my brother and my dad and, and one of my buddies. We're just. I told them about it, and we just started reading them off. It was great. So. I don't know if this will be much of a debate, but maybe just reading off a few of our favorites. So if you, do you have a couple? I have a couple up right here. Yeah. Um, 
why don't you go? Why don't you go with yours first? I've got a few that I I tweeted out, but there were better <laughs> ones. Here, here were some. Here were some that I All came right. up with. Uh, the Village People versus Larry Flint. <laughs> that was that was the first one I came up with. Oh, man. Um, the Breakfast Gentlemen's Club. <laughs> although I don't think that would quite ruin that movie. Oh, man. Um, I don't know if you're a big uh, Spike Lee fan, but he got Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, I saw one. one. It was. Uh... He, he got GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really oh, like that one. And, uh, let's see some of the other ones. I'm, I'm now looking at ones that people sent to me. Uh, why don't, why don't you tell me which ones you like while, while All I try right. and find them? My buddy these. who was over, he posted a status on Facebook and just posted one. Um, his, which he, it was his favorite. He said, uh, add a word, ruin a movie, prosthetic footloose. <laughs> which I thought was pretty solid. <laughs> um, uh, wreck it, Ralph Wiggum, if you're a fan of The Simpsons. <laughs> um, and then there's a couple sports ones, like Charlie's Angels in the Outfield, I thought was pretty solid. Um, the Book of Eli Manning, <laughs> that was actually one of my favorites too. Um <laughs> yeah, it was just all over. It was it was great. I mean, there was some really really good ones. I wish I could remember them, but um, <laughs> one I just actually thought of because the one says "Saving Ryan's Privates," which I'm sure came up a lot on uh, Twitter. But <laughs> saving Ryan Matthews <laughs> for football. <laughs> um, yeah, what you find any more that uh, that you liked? Yeah, uh, I found, uh, Edward Scissorhands, comma, proctologist. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, I, Friday night, I had to work Saturday, so I was just sitting at home and then this hashtag blew up and oh, it was beautiful. It was, it was a board man's, you know, Becca. How about Ferris Bueller's Day <laughs> Off Heroin? <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. Oh. There's a lot of good ones, man. Um. Oh, there, there was another, all the Batman Begins ones, you know, Batman Begins <laughs> Yoga, Batman Begins This, Batman, those were, those were pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, like, let's LeBron see. James and Go the ahead. Giant Peach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the best one tweeted me, if you follow Renee Miller on Twitter, uh, my dog Skip Bayless. <laughs> That was I and I nominated her for the award for ruining a movie the oh, absolute man. most of anyone. Oh, yeah, there's there's a lot of good ones. All right, um I guess that wraps things up for us tonight. Um we'll be back. Actually, we're going to start doing every other week so we can uh, come up with some things to debate over a two-week span and going forward. Um my name, again, is Pat Donnelly. You can find me at Fake Pigskin, uh, as well with Ricky, and on Twitter, at Legend Donnelly. Ricky is at rsanders85. Ricky writes the um, weekly Value Up, Value Down article on uh, Fake Pigskin. And yeah, you can be sure there will be some YouTube and or random videos tied in there, as there always is. Those are always great. Those are always so good. <laughs> uh, that is just how my mind yeah. works. Definitely. Uh, and then I write the NFC AFC South previews every week. Actually, my NFC South preview is up currently. I'm working on my AFC South. Probably will be up tomorrow night. Um, and then also we have a few other things. Waivers come out on 
uh, Wednesday. No, Tuesday. Yeah, they come out Tuesday. Yeah, yeah Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> uh, so you can be sure to look for that. Uh, there's always the injury roundup by Kenny Wang. Uh, and then Fridays is normally when the um, previews come out. Uh, Luke O'Neill, Matt Lane, myself, and Scott Lynch write those. Um, and then you can also listen, check out our uh, regular weekly podcast with Adam and Regan tomorrow night, Wednesday. Um, and then I believe we also have the Tinker Time podcast. I'm not sure if they did it last week or not, but... That usually comes out Saturday night or Sunday morning. Uh, anything else to add there, Ricky? Uh, no, just check out all the stuff on the site. All of it's great. Uh, you know, if I had to pick one to be my favorite, I couldn't. Yeah, it's... You know, maybe maybe myself would be <laughs> one and then everyone. No, I'm just kidding. I actually would put myself somewhere in the middle because I like reading everyone else's stuff better. There's there's a lot of good stuff. There's even college football stuff now. Yeah. So and and gambling yeah, lines. So lines you got everything. So lots of stuff coming out every day on Fake Pig Scene. Make sure to check it out. Uh, we'll be back mm-hmm. uh, two weeks from tonight, most likely, <laughs> unless something crazy happens. But until next time, <laughs> uh, it's good debating with you, Ricky, and we can. Yes, you too. Talk some more A in a couple weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. All right, see ya.